0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McLean.
1: What's up, my friends? Lauren McLean here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what you have coming up on the show today. Are the BYU men's and women's basketball teams exceeding expectations, underperforming, or right where we thought we'd be? We'll discuss this, plus BYU women's soccer leading goal scorer Breckin Mazingo joins us to discuss her trip to the Sweet 16 and how she was able to find the back of the net so often this season. But first, after BYU's dub over the Stanford Cardinal and final regular season game as an independent, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki decides to step down. Tuiaki wrote on his social media, What a great seven-year run it's been. It's time to venture out and pursue a new challenge. I want to say thank you. Cleon, what were your initial thoughts when you heard Elisa Tuiaki announced his resignation?
0: I, I, I wasn't surprised, but I will say I, I like to give coaches time to do their job. You know, I'm not one of those SEC fans, and I shouldn't pick on SEC fans, but I'm not one of the SEC fans where after one season, like, it's not working, he needs to be yeah. fired. I'm, I'm very much a guy who's like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You know more than I do. Let's see what you can do. I famously <laughs> was a guy who— even after four years of Gary Croton was like, I'll just give him one more season type <laughs> of thing. I was very... Forgi- you might have been the only guy. I, I think I was. I was very forgiving back then. I, I was also not very happy when Ty Detmer was let go after only yeah. two seasons, because I felt like you didn't give him enough time to yeah. see what he could do uh, with his offense. But I, I'm always very much a... Let's just see. Let's wait and see. Let's see how things go. Looking back on it now, by the way, with the Gary Croton thing, yeah, it was time for him to yeah. go after four years. I think four years is actually a good time. Three to four years is a good time to um, build a program up. Yeah. So with Eliza Tuiaki, going back to him, I, I wanted Tuiaki's defense to improve because I-, I I wanted to give him a chance. I I wanted that cool story of the guy who comes from small schools and yeah. kind of builds his way up and he went from just being a position coach to now being defensive coordinator at BYU, a place that he loved, even though he didn't go to school here, he right. still loved BYU. I wanted him to succeed. He was a great guy to interview. He was fun. He he didn't pull any punches. When when BYU when his when his unit didn't play well or BYU didn't play well, it's not like he says, Well, you know, everything's great. You know, he yeah. was, he was honest with us and mm-hmm. those things. I, I liked interviewing him. But I think he got a fair chance. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say he didn't get a fair chance. Seven years. Yeah, seven years of being defensive coordinator. You know, in the past two seasons probably has been, you could go more than two seasons, but I'll just say the last two seasons has kind of been the thing that really caused everyone angst. And, um, you know, injuries, bad tackling were, you know, helped contribute to how things were uh, the past two years.
1: It's such a hard job. It That would just be, to be a coach for a Division One program, with a very passionate fan base would just be an extremely hard job. So when the fans start calling for your head, that that ties into boosters, right, and donors and so many things. So even if other people, like you said, want to maybe to give him one more year or give them a, a few more chances, you almost can't. You almost can't, and especially heading into the Big 12. I feel like it needed to happen. We all saw it coming. We knew a change needed to happen at the end of the season after a truly bad defensive season. I don't think all of the defensive problems are on Tuiaki's shoulders, but it starts with a defensive coordinator. And so he was the scapegoat by default. You have to make a change. And of course it's going to be him. I feel awful. I really do. As soon as I read about it, even though it wasn't a shock, I felt really sick to my stomach for he and his family. I, that's, that's my first thought. just like, Oh man, you have to, Pack up and go somewhere else. and Especially,
0: and, I didn't mean, I, I just when you go onto his social media pages, like if yeah. you go onto his Twitter handle, he's got he, his wife, and their whole family there, yes. and you're like, oh. You're like, oh. Uh, this is the guy that we've been saying he needs to leave, and now he's yeah. got to go find a new job. You're like, how does, thing, this, you
1: know? how does that make his family feel? And then you think of the other defensive coaches that are below him, the position coaches, they don't know if they have a job either. Right. So it, there's a lot going on right now, and it kind of breaks your heart for them however necessary it is. I think he was treated extremely poorly on by a lot of the fans. Uh, he was being heckled at games, attacked on social media. I think that's wrong. You can have your opinion and still be respectful. I I don't think he, it needs to be personal. I don't think that he'll probably leave BYU with a – I think he probably will leave with a bad taste in his mouth, and that bothers me. I don't, I don't want that to happen. I truly wish he and his family the best in whatever comes. And now more intrigue comes with BYU entering the Big 12 as they start to – the interview process with some new potential DCs, who's it going to be? There are a lot of good options out there. But before all the drama, the Cougars ended their final regular season as an independent with a victory over Stanford, giving BYU at least one win against every Pac-12 team in its history. BYU beat Stanford so badly that their head coach resigned. <laughs> Just kidding, but the Cougars did win 35-26. to <laughs> BYU rushed for 358 yards. Christopher Brooks had 164 of those. And Hinkley Rapati 85 yards rushing and a TD. Jaron Hall only threw 11 times, with seven completions for 93 yards and a TD. Cleon, what did you think of that game?
0: Uh, it was great seeing the Cougars get their rush on. I know it's weird because I grew up in the time of Lavell and throwing it all over the field. Yeah. but if you're going to dominate that way, you know, just keep running the ball. Just keep doing what you can do. I know Stanford's defense is pathetic.
1: <laughs> oh, did you, they about, are yeah. not good. When when uh. When Rex just bounced off one of their corners for the touchdown, I'm like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is not good for them
0: and, and we, I, I know that they've had a lot of injuries this year on, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. I, I I totally give it. Get it, But their defense was really bad. They took what they were given, so good for the rushing attack. I was really happy. And I'm not going to be one of those guys to say, "Well, where was that earlier this yeah. year?" <laughs> I mean, look at the opponent number one. Yeah, and number two, you know, Chris Brooks was healthy finally. Yep. You know, he, he he looked good. Ropati looked good out there too. And and, and Jaron Hall did also, mm-hmm. not throwing the ball, but actually running the ball. He yeah, He, he did. looked pretty good out there also. So they took what Stanford gave them and they just thought, well, let's just keep doing it. I'm not surprised BYU gave up some late touchdowns. They've they've had a hard time stopping teams this year, but they got enough stops to get the victory. And that's that's really all that matters uh, right now. At least right now, I'm not concerned about Jaron Hall being injured for the game. I mean, if you're going to stick around the stadium and sign autographs after the game is over with, I, I think he's injured. I don't think he's injured that bad. Well, he
1: has at least three weeks to recover, so hopefully that's enough, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And I finally got to see Jacob Conover. I know, I know he played against Utah Tech, I get it. But I finally got to see Jacob Conover throw one pass. And hand the ball up a, <laughs> to a the bunch ground. Of times. So you know what? I give up. I, I, it's not that I don't like Jacob Conover. I just give up trying to say, "Hey, I want to see Jacob Conover this year." Yeah. Doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I guess we've seen. Happen. I guess we've seen Jacob Conover, and there you go.
1: I actually really enjoyed watching it. Once I saw that BYU's offense could have their way with Stanford's D, I wasn't worried. Points were coming fairly easy, and like you said, it was great to see BYU's run game come to life. And the game was a hair on the boring side, Cleon. Like, but I said I enjoyed watching it, even though it was a little boring. I. I don't mind watching teams run the ball over and over and over again, but every once in a while I'm like, let's let's see a little throwing in there. <laughs> Come on, let's let's
0: do I something sw- exciting. I guess for me, I understand where you're coming from yeah. because, again, I grew up in the Lavella area, yes. so I, I like it when they sling the ball around the field. On the other hand, you know, when you're ripping off 12 yards a run, yeah. oh, that yeah. can be pretty Keep good going. too. It's when it's like, hand the ball off two yards. Hand the ball off three yards. Hand the ball off three. i y- I'm Yes, I'm looking at teams like Air Force. I'm sorry. and I, Nothing against the men at the academy, but yeah. the wishbone offense can be really boring sometimes. It can.
1: And in our case here, when you're watching at 1130 at night, I'm like, <laughs> you guys got to keep me awake here. But I'll take a boring win over an exciting loss any day. And yes, the elusive Jacob Conover made his debut. Well, not his debut. I guess his second, uh, his second game this season, but... We still have nothing to go off. My guess is BOU's offensive coaches are hitting the recruiting trail hard to try and find a JC transfer or a really good QB in the portal to come over and take Jaron Hall's job next season.
0: If Jaron Hall's leaving.
1: If he's leaving, I, saying, but I think ninety five percent sure he is. <laughs> I
0: mean, I'm saying that, but I'm like, yeah, why is he gonna stay around? I mean, no no offense to Jaron Hall or anyone else like that out there, but why would why would he stick around unless he just feels like He could do better in the draft next year, but he's also just getting older.
1: He's 25, yeah, so time's a ticking. Exactly. Taysom Hill knows what that's about. So it'll be an exciting offseason for BYU football fans uh, with a lot of unknowns. As football comes to a close, basketball is just heating up. The men's team has had some close wins and losses so far this season. If nothing else... They like to keep things interesting for us fans. <laughs> keep us on our toes, Cleon. Is the men's team exceeding expectations, underperforming or right where you thought they'd be?
0: This is a tough one for me because I wanna see I wanna say right where I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like they're kind of exceeding expectations. Just a hair. Really? Yeah, just a hair. I think they lost to teams that I thought they would lose to. I thought they'd lose to San Diego State. Yeah. They lost to San Diego State, okay? I thought they would probably lose to USC. I was kind of hoping they'd beat USC, but yeah. I figured they'd lose to USC, and I kind of figured they'd lose the second day, too. That's why I was hoping they'd beat USC, because I'm like, eh, I think they're probably going to lose yeah. on day two. Right. So I'm like, come on, beat USC. But they didn't do it, so they lost to USC. Good team. Lost to Butler. Also a good team. Um. Then they they have an amazing comeback against day- Dayton, and they're able to beat Dayton. So, four and three so far on the season. I guess that's right where we thought they would be. But on the other hand, I just see some promise there. Yeah. I see something there where it's just like, I think they just need a little bit more time because there's something there with this team where they are resilient and they just keep fighting and fighting. I know that doesn't always lead to victories because, as we mentioned, they lost to San Diego State, USC, and Butler, but they stayed in every single one of those games. They went down 18 to USC and then came roaring back close to the end, that shows a lot of fight in your team. And then they were able to complete the comeback against Dayton. So I guess for me right now, I'd say they're barely, barely exceeding expectations, even though their record is probably where I thought it would be right now.
1: That makes sense. Uh, Like we saw last year with Gavin Baxter, though, all it takes is one injury. And I'm not wishing that upon them. I, I... Man, I hope everyone stays healthy the whole season. That's just what stinks, right? When you have you start to gel, you start to get in a rhythm with this these starting five, and then someone gets injured, and you have a setback. So I hope BYU has a little more depth than what I'm thinking. But uh, as of now, for me, they're right where I thought they'd be. Admittedly, I didn't expect them to barely beat Idaho State at home. Oh, okay. The I, first time I saw them was Idaho State at home. I did. It made it. me a little nervous to start the season. But since then, I think they've done very well. They had several guys graduate and move on to other schools. So it's basically a brand new team. So I understand that first game, they're you know, they're trying to get to know each other, how each other plays. But it took a minute for them to find their groove and rhythm with each other. But I think I think they're getting there. I, I'm with you. I think they have something special. They just need a little bit
0: more time. Yeah. And I think it's just that let's just keep seeing where each game how it plays out. Yeah. Mark Pope isn't overstressed about this whole thing. He, I mean, before the season even started, he's been calling this his grand experiment to see how (laughs) things go. So I know he's trying to pump his team up too, but he's pretty pragmatic about it too. Yeah, He knows even after they beat Dayton, he was like, we need to improve on some things. Yeah, I'm so happy for this team and they just fight and they claw and they just want to win so badly and they're just not always doing it, partially because of turnovers. They're still turning the ball over way too much, even though they cut that way down against Dayton. They're I think they'd like to cut it down to single digits in each half.
1: Yeah. Turnovers have been a rough spot for the team this year.
0: Yeah. And so I think they're close. They're getting there. And I think they just have a lot of grit and determination. They're decent defensively. I think they can become even better defensively as they go along. So I guess for me, I'm not too surprised where they are right now and, for me, it's just kind of like I'm sitting back and saying, okay, well, let's see how this yes. how this thing goes right now. I think they can do better. I think they think they can do better. I th- You talk to the players. Jackson Robinson I interviewed recently. You talk to those players, and they're like, yeah, we're really close. We're, yeah. we're, we're getting there. We just need a little bit more time to gel, and I think they're going to be okay.
1: What's interesting is I kind of feel the same way as you where I'm watching them – and I don't know the players very well yet. And so I don't feel quite as passionate about the team as I have in years past. So it's almost it's more relaxing and more fun to watch them just to see how it plays out. Cause it's a whole it's a brand new team. And it's actually really fun to watch that even if they're down 25, you don't feel like you gotta turn your TV off. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, hey, no, they could come back. They could still come back. And that's a rare thing that I think is unique and really awesome about this team. Let's go to the women's side. Things aren't looking as good yet, with more losses than wins, with the worst loss coming against Colorado State by 20 points. Cleon, is the women's team exceeding expectations, underperforming, or right where you thought they'd be?
0: I want to say right where I thought they would be, but I'm going to say they're underperforming just by yeah. a hair. And here's what I mean by that. I really thought they'd have a couple of more wins at home. They've lost some pretty devastating games at home so far this season against teams I thought they could beat Yeah. each one of their losses. I I'm not sure about the Colorado state one, but in each one of their losses at home, they have had a lead in that game. In fact, against Oklahoma, they had two leads of, I believe 10 points. No, I, I might be thinking of something else, but they had, they had a, a double digit lead in, in that game. I want to say a few times they had a double digit lead in that game and then they lost it. And then I've seen that in other games too. They have talent. Yeah. It's young. And it's inexperienced. And so I think, again, as we see the season goes along, they're going to pick up on what Emma Whiting wants them to do. Uh, I think they will improve offensively and defensively, but I'm not going to sit here and say that the BYU women's basketball team is going to be playing in the postseason right now. I know they're too. you know, I just feel like you know, it's going to be one of those rebuilding seasons. And that's tough for players like Lauren Gustin, who is just a double-double machine every single night. But she's not quite getting the help that she needs consistently from her players. And that's because a lot of those players are young.
1: Yeah. It would be really tough switching coaches. It really would, especially if that's not the coach you committed to. But some of them decided to stay anyway. It's just a difficult transition. And I think there can be a lot of problems and difficulties that come with that. With last year's leading scorers and stars gone in Shayla Gonzalez and Paisley Harding, a new head coach making her debut at the collegiate level, they're about where I expected them to be. I really wanted them to carry on what they were doing last year and what they were able to accomplish, but I think in the depths of my soul, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm not surprised they're struggling a little bit. It might take a year or two for Amber Whiting to establish her culture and the girls she recruited, right, in the right places including her daughter, which is going to be so, so cool and has a lot of talent. So I'm I'm not counting anybody out this season. I think they can turn it around. I think, like you said, the Oklahoma game, which are an incredible team. I think they're ranked, what, 16th or something in the country. They can hang with them. So that proves they can hang with uh, most teams. They just need to kind of figure out how to finish, how to stay on top. So I'm hoping they can do that this season. Plus, the season's still young. We'll see what happens. Coming up, she was scoring goals and taking names all the way up to the sweet 16. UA women's soccer forward Brecken Mazingo joins us next on Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. After an undefeated run in conference play, the BYU women's soccer team came up just short to North Carolina 3-2 in the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Joining us now is BYU's leading goal scorer for 2022, Brecken Mozingo. Brecken, thank you so much for coming on with us. Of course, I'm glad to be here. So your team was coming into the tournament off a national runner-up finish last year. Did you feel like that carried any weight heading into this year's tournament?
2: Oh, for sure. At least for me, I was just thinking... Wow, we have to somewhat support what we did last year, like make sure it wasn't some sort of Cinderella run or like uh, just off of luck. Like, I wanted to make sure that our team came and showed out so that we proved to everyone else, like, hey, we are a top 10 team every year. We bring in the best girls that we can and we're willing to compete.
0: You girls finished in the Sweet 16 with a tough loss to the Tar Heels on their home turf. What were your feelings like after making it so far, but coming just shy of? getting a victory in North Carolina?
2: Honestly, I I was pretty sad. I think everyone else on the team was sad, and there's some girls that are going on missions in like January and February, and we have one senior. And I feel like it really hit us just because of them. Like, we wanted to play for them and also just play for last year and all that. So all those emotions obviously built up on each other. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think all of us kind of walked off that field, though, knowing that we... We did our best, and we, especially first half, I think all of us were in sync first half, and we were all ready to go and all ready to compete, especially losing to them 2-0 early August. And we just came into that game knowing that we should be able to compete with this team and knowing that we have gotten tremendously better since our first game against them. And, you know, we just came out and we were ready to play.
0: After losing to UVU in September, You went on a match streak where you did not lose again. I think it was a 13-match streak where you either won or you tied leading up to the North Carolina game. Uh, What was your mindset as a team as you got into conference play and you started playing better and better?
2: Um, Our mindset, we had like three things that we focused on, and I can't fully remember all three, but they were just along the lines of like no regrets, all in, go forward, high tempo, high energy. Those were all the things that we just wanted to focus on, and we decided to focus on, like, um, three team goals and then, like, three team goals plus coaches, so, like, a more team-oriented goal as a team, like, when we stepped on the field, and they were all just cues to help us in our games and just remember, like, hey, we're not going to let this happen again. And I think it was very similar to last year's Utah State game. In a way, it just was a hard pill to swallow, but once we got it down, like... We, we were ready to go, so we needed that.
1: There's something about in-state rivalries, right? They, they're so much fun. So you guys lose the UVU, and then you end up beating them in the tournament 3-0. What was that like for you guys? Oh, awesome. We obviously wanted to stay
2: like classy because, you know, it, <laughs> not only was that a hard pill to swallow, that they beat us on our home field, but they also went around the whole field and slapped everybody's hands, as we would do if uh. we won a game. And so that was very, very hard to, like, see on our own field. And that was, I think, in my opinion, not a lot of sportsmanship there. But Mm -hmm. after our game, as soon as we won, like, we still went and gave them high fives. And then we just did our normal run around the field. And it was a good game to win. But at the same time, it was just another game. Like, no matter who we're playing, we want to show up and show out. So it was a good game.
0: Maybe take us back a little bit through that Stanford match. Because your two teams played... It was was such a competitive match between you two. And then it comes down to PKs. Kind of take us through that moment of going into uh, the PK portion of it and, you know, your mindset, the rest of the team's mindset.
2: Well, the PKs, we've been there. We've done that. We did that against Santa Clara in Florida State last year. Like me, Liv Wade. I think Bella was possibly – oh, no, she wasn't. Um, Like Ellie – All of us were kind of already there. So we kind of just knew what was up and what we needed to do. And me personally, I had a not very good game against Stanford. I shut down mentally. And so I was pretty nervous. But I still wanted to take a BK because all season after practice, I'll take at least two or at least five. Like just because I know that I know how to do that. And I know that I'll be able to step up and take it when called upon, you know, and in that moment, I was pretty nervous because I was like, shoot, am I going to let my mentality from the game leak over to the PK or am I going to stand up and like really focus in on my self-talk and just put it away? And this is a really big moment. Like this could make us go on or make us like stop our, or end our whole season. And so mm-hmm. I was pretty nervous, but I just really focused in on my self-talk and I was just telling myself, I will make this, I will make this. And I just before I saw that the goalie was also scouting, I saw the coaches having like a clipboard over there and like showing everyone's like PKs and all that stuff or whoever's taken them before. And I was like, OK, all my past like four PKs, I've gone to the right side. I'm going to go to the left side. And I've been practicing the left side for a really long time. And um, I just went up there and I was like, hey, i I've done this before. It's simple, quick, easy. Just do what you've been doing. But it was really cool to see that Lava stepped up and took one, and Ellie was able to finish us off. And not only that, Tegan, our freshman keeper coming in and saving and basically winning the whole PK series for us, that was awesome. Like, to do that as a freshman, that's insane, and a lot of credit goes to her for that win.
1: Man, so cool. You have to be so mentally tough to be an athlete. It's crazy. And you, Brecken, had a phenomenal year. You played in 21 games, 12 goals, 10 assists. What can you say has been your big motivator this year? I just wanted to be better than last year. And that's always like my mentality and
2: just life in general, like be better than you were last week, be better than you were yesterday, all that type of stuff. So I knew that I had more to show from last season. And like, I still, even now, like know that I can improve. And I think I have to, especially since it's my senior season. And I'm just like, I want to do my very absolute best. And like, I think training starts now for that, but to be honest like this year with injuries that I've had I was pretty nervous going into this season cuz I was like I'm behind like on my training I'm behind in mm. my physicality I'm behind mentally cuz I only had like 2 months to prep myself to get physically back in condition and mentally back and so I was pretty nervous going into season like, in the mental aspect of things just cuz I wasn't also able to put in that much time on the field and like extra work and stuff like that so I was kind of just like, you know what, work as hard as you can, do the best you can, and we'll reevaluate we'll re- basically after season. But I think a big thing that like saved me was from our mental strength coach, she really pounds in our heads like we got to have cues going into each game, and mine were the same every game, and I think that's what really clicked for me, and it was two-touch, connect pass, and commit defender. Those were all these three things that I really had going on in my mind, and if I messed up, I messed up, and if I succeeded i succeeded but i really just stayed ground or i sh- stayed grounded in those three cues
1: so now that the tournament is over what's the off season like for you guys i hope you get a little bit of break during the holidays i mean they
2: haven't told us much but i'm pretty sure that we have until at least january 1st off which is really nice but for me like i i told myself i was gonna take a week off but like i, I found myself in the ipf yesterday like kicking the ball around so <laughs> I, I don't know how long the break is going to be for me, but we'll see. Hey,
0: we have a few fun questions for you. At least, uh, I at least have one. You choose to play as number 13. Some people may think that's unlucky. I actually like the number 13, maybe because I was born on the 13th. Why did you choose number 13?
2: I've honestly just grown up with it. I've had it ever since I was little, and I just wanted to carry on the tradition. And um, Also, like this is kind of dumb, but... When I was younger and like in elementary school, when I would write 13, like on my paper, like I would like smush them together and it would create like a B. And I thought that was so cool for some reason. So that's also (laughs) another reason why I have 13.
1: That's darling. I love that. And Mozingo is such a cool and fun name to say. Do you know what the origin is of your last name? We've done some research
2: and based off of what we found from our history, we are thinking and pretty sure that it's African
0: actually. Wow. Do you know which oh, yeah. part of Africa?
2: Actually, I really don't know. It's okay. I need to ask my dad on that, but he's <laughs> just been like, he told me that there's a whole book on it and he's been talking wow. to people that are from Africa and just like different places. And they're all saying that they know uh, Mozingo's there. And um, yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of my last name
0: for you. You played for UCLA for one season and then you came back to Utah. Do you ever say to yourself, Man, I should you know you know when the weather gets cold. Do you ever say to yourself, uh, "Maybe I should have stayed in California"?
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Especially right now when it's like <laughs> almost dead. There's like no snow. It's just freezing for no reason. <laughs> Would love to be back in Cali with my toes in the sand, like getting my tan on. You know, but other than that, like no, I I really do like that I moved to Provo and moved my my future and my present like here and it really like helps me just know that like I have family that is here to support me my community to support me and um, the whole dating atmosphere and
1: all there's just a whole bunch of things that came into play with making this decision to come back home. Brecken Mozingo from the BYU women's soccer team. Brecken you are awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time with us and you had such a phenomenal season. And uh, good luck moving forward. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to be on here. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Breck and Mozingo for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple and Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.